This is the Spiritual Burrito. Welcome back to Spiritual Burrito, everybody. We are sorry for the delay, but John and I had a college trip, a bro trip to Ozark (laughs) Christian College. Yeah. Dad, me, and John, it was a lot of fun. Great college, so excited to get in Joplin. But for right now, we got James on the mind. We are starting James chapter two, genuine religion and against a warning against prejudice. That's right. So let's get into it. Verse one, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? And we love examples. And James gives us a great example. Mm -hmm. It says, for example, Suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? I, I find favor with this passage, and I always think back to... The Prince of Egypt in a song that is being sung by Jethro and it says how do you measure the worth of a man in wealth or strength or size and how much he gained or how much he gave the answer will come the answer will come to him who tries to look at his life through heaven's eyes and going back into James chapter 1 we see that the poor are called to to boast about mm-hmm. their status and the rich are called to be humble and there, there is no favoritism in the kingdom of God. And if we favor someone over someone else, then I think that we need to check our heart. Because it, it's a lot easier to find fault in someone who can't offer us anything in return. Right. But again, we have to, we have to treat everyone with love. Mm-hmm. You know, James goes on to say uh, in, in verse 5, Listen, my beloved brothers, has God not chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the brand. Are not the rich ones the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? And, uh, you know, James is using poor and rich as an example here, and he's already talked in chapter one a little bit about this subject. But if we're showing, you know, favoritism to the person who has something, uh, generally, that's because we think we can expect something in return. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we're going to dishonor then the poor person. But James is saying, listen, you know, that we're, we're, we're dishonoring people who, they're members of God's kingdom too. And they may not have much in this world, but they, they could be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, as James says. So, uh, you know, we may be tempted to show favoritism one way or another, but James is, is kind of calling us out here that this is not the way the kingdom of God is supposed to be. And look, we see the relevancy of, of the have and have not argument. And mm-hmm. in, soci- in my sociology class at Barton this semester, we, we spent so much time in social classes. And in, in James's time, this was relevant. Mm-hmm. 2,000 years it was relevant. And now it's relevant. Yeah. And one of those things that can just unconsciously happen because the people who are the ones who considered to be haves are the people who are getting job opportunities from advancing our lives, giving us something, offering us 
a tool, a resource, and it's so easy to put them on a pedestal and put everyone else aside who is not offering us something in return. And that is so cool about Christianity is that there is no favoritism. There is no one person on a pedestal except for Jesus Christ. But everyone is made in the image of God, and we have to remember to love everyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, James is using this one as an example, and, and there's a good chance that his you know, the readers to his letter, I mean, this is the specific thing they're dealing with is, you know, between rich and poor. But listen, we obviously see prejudice in a number of ways, whether that's for, you know, yes, economic status or uh, whether that's based on the color of someone's skin or social group or, you know, a number of other things. We could probably go on and on and on about all the things that we, you know, could show favoritism towards someone and then look down on someone else for. Um and, and James is saying, this is, this is not how this is supposed to work. And he's not telling us, you know, we need to treat everyone the exact same way. You know, that's not what's being said here. You know, obviously you're going to have different relationships with different people. You're going to treat people differently based on how close, you know, you are to them. But that's, that's not what James is talking about. He's talking about, yeah, like, like Sam said, do you show this person love? That's what we're called to. Are we ready for verse 10? Uh, verse 8, I think. Verse 8, okay. And verse 8 says, Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. One of the greatest commandments that we're called to live by. And in verse 9 it says, But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but not, but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. You know, I think we sometimes we can get caught up in saying, you know, I didn't murder anybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't commit adultery, mm -hmm. but you're not loving your neighbor as yourself. Right. And that is one of the most important things. And if we have love for God, then we should have love for our neighbor because of that perfect word that has been implanted in our hearts. Yeah. And if we're not reflecting Jesus and how we're treating others, then I think we need to take a heart check. Absolutely. You know, when Jesus summed it all up, he said, you know, the, the greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. That the rest of Scripture hangs on those two things. That if we can get those two things right, everything else falls into place. Mm -hmm. And that that doesn't mean it's easy, but it is really that simple. And... Uh, and so he's telling us, listen, if we can fulfill that law to love our neighbor as ourselves, if we can carry that out, then we're not going to be, you know, doing this thing where we're, we're showing partiality to others. Because if, if we fail in this regard, we're committing sin. And so if we're judging people, especially based on their sin, which also is easy to do, you know, at least I'm not doing this like them, uh, we're, we are also guilty of breaking the law just like they are. And so um, James is kind of pointing out to us, you know, if, if we're going to judge people based on those kinds of things, we ourselves then are guilty of that same exact thing. Because if we fail to keep part of God's law, we've failed essentially to keep all of it. And so he's, he's kind of calling us out here to say, listen, don't, don't, find yourself guilty in this because you're just as guilty then as anyone else. Yeah, and the way we treat people, depending on if we're treating them in a way 
to favor the rich and not favor the poor is it's selfish. Mm-hmm. It, it reflects a lot of selfish motives that we have within our hearts and nothing good can come from selfishness. Right. And in the last two verses, and I think they're pretty black and white, and it says, so whatever you say or whatever you do, meaning that our words and actions matter, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you live and you have been merciful, to merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. You know, there's mercy to us when we show mercy to others. But if we show favoritism and disregard another group, then there's not going to be a lot of mercy for us because that is a sin and God cannot reside where sin is. So if there's just a piece of your heart that you feel like is missing regarding people, ask God into your heart. (laughs) Ask him to change your ways and be renewed through Christ. You know, when when James tells us, uh, my, my verse 12 says it a little bit different than Sam's. It says, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty, that we have, we have liberty, we have freedom not to, you know, uh, like the, the Jewish mindset that, you know, we're going to check all these boxes that these are supposed to be the things that we do, but no, we have, we have freedom to act in a way that pleases God. Uh, and so he's saying, you know, you need to act and speak in that freedom. Um, and, and so we have the ability then to show others mercy because that pleases God. And how can we accept mercy back if we're not willing to show it ourselves? Uh, it's like the parable of the unmerciful servant that Jesus tells where uh, this man goes and has this huge debt forgiven. And then as he's walking out of the palace and there's all the line of the uh, the other debtors there, he sees a guy that owes him some money and he's ready to like choke him out for it. And he he just lost sight of, you know, he was shown extreme mercy and yet he wasn't willing to show mercy himself. And so when the king hears of this, you know, he, he throws him into jail. Uh, and there's, there's judgment there because mercy was shown to him, but it wasn't extended to anyone else. And, you know, <clears throat> to, to kind of wrap things up into one thought, it's treat everyone in a way that glorifies God. Mm-hmm. Treat everyone in a way that glorifies God. And we know, listen, you're not going to be perfect at this. And so if you mess that up, own up to it, you know, make that apology. You may have to, you know, go back into the restaurant and apologize to the cashier or something like that, but own it. Uh, because we are called to to love our neighbor as ourselves. Treat everyone in a way that glorifies God. And we have this temptation to, uh, you know, to show favoritism to some. And and like Sam said, generally that's going to be a selfish thing because we expect something out of that person. Um, But let's keep that in proper perspective. Those people that we may be tempted to to look up to and show favoritism to, they're just humans too. And they also are guilty of breaking God's law. And so let's not put those people on too high a pedestal because they're— they're people just like us. Keep that in perspective. And on those that you might, you know, look down on and you might pass judgment against, 
listen, they are also people, too, that are deserving of dignity and that we should show mercy to because we were shown mercy. There is not a person that you'll meet that wasn't created by God. And so because of that, they are all valuable. They are all, they have worth. They are deserving of dignity. Now, that that's not, I'm not trying to say, so let's sign off on every, you know, every behavior that everyone does. No, 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 no. But I am saying those people are, they still do have value and they are still to be treated with love and dignity. And so James is telling us, listen, we, we may be tempted to go one way or another, to either show favoritism or to pass judgment and, you know, almost cast aside. And he's saying, don't, don't do that. Instead, treat everyone with love. John and I just want to thank you again for another great episode of The Spiritual Burrito. I'm Samuel Ryan. And I'm John Henry. And we hope this episode of The Spiritual Burrito was satisfying to your soul. Yeah.